Pastor Saeed in Iran has been held since 2012 in prison. Uh, he was arrested because he had come uh, from the States. He's a native Iranian, but had, had moved to the U.S. And, uh, he, but he had come to meet with a board that was organizing an orphanage to put in a city there. Uh, and they found out he was there, and they came, and they arrested him, put him in prison. Uh, and I understand that every day he was leading about three people to Christ in prison. Uh, then they moved him to solitary confinement. I want you to know that there are sufferings that take place all over this world every day uh, for the sake of Christ. There are injustices that take place all over this world, whether for the sake of Christ or not. And we need, as God's people, we need God's presence and guidance in those times when we go through those times of injustice in our lives. Uh, Paul was going to Jerusalem with a great motive. He wanted to bring the Jerusalem offerings that he had collected all over from the Gentiles to bring them to the church at Jerusalem. And then he tried to build a bridge of relationship with people that were opposing him uh, by showing his dedication to the Lord, uh, paying for some offerings to be offered in the temple uh, and, and supporting uh, the Jewish uh, practice of worship there in Jerusalem. But it wasn't taken that way. Matter of fact, he was falsely accused. They accused him of bringing a Gentile into the inner uh, courts of the temple to uh, desecrate the temple. But that's not what he had done. They also accused him of opposing uh, the worship of God there in Jerusalem. And none of that was true. Uh, they had begun to beat him and were going to kill him, but the Romans came and delivered Paul from their hands. And so now he's, he's, been in, he's spoken to the crowd uh, at the uh, request um, that he made to the uh, commander that was there. But then, now he is being sent to the Sanhedrin to speak to them, uh, and you're going to see the injustice continue. There are going to be times in our life where injustice takes place. There is going to be times when life is not fair. Have you ever been there? God wants us to trust Him in those times and to follow His directions uh, when we experience times of injustice in our lives. The title of my message is Responding to Injustice. Uh, look with me at the last verse of chapter 22 and then on into 23. Um, the next day, he wanted to find out exactly why Paul was being accused by the Jews. He released him and instructed the chief priests and the Sanhedrin to convene. Then he brought Paul down and placed him before them. Paul looked intently at the Sanhedrin and said, Brothers, I have lived my life before God in all good conscience until this day. But the high priest Ananias ordered those who were standing next to him to strike him on the mouth. Then Paul said to him, God is going to strike you, you whitewashed wall. You are sitting there judging me according to the law, and in violation of the law, you are ordering me to be struck. And those standing nearby said, Do you dare revile God's high priest? I did not know, brothers, that he was the high priest, replied Paul, for it is written, You must not speak evil of a ruler of your people. When Paul realized that one part of them were Sadducees and the other part were Pharisees, 
He cried out in the Sanhedrin, brothers, I am a Pharisee, a son of Pharisees. I am being judged because of the hope of the resurrection of the dead. When he said this, a dispute broke out between the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and the assembly was divided, for the Sadducees say there's no resurrection, no angel or spirit, but the Pharisees affirmed them all. The shouting grew loud, and some of the scribes of the Pharisees' party got up and argued vehemently, We find nothing evil in this man. What if a spirit or an angel has spoken to him? When the dispute became violent, the commander feared that Paul might be torn apart by them and ordered the troops to go down, rescue him from them, and bring him into the barracks. The following night, the Lord stood by him and said, Have courage, for as you have testified about me in Jerusalem, so also you must testify in Rome. When it was day, the Jews formed a conspiracy and bound themselves under a curse neither to eat nor to drink until they had killed Paul. They were more than all uh, who had uh, more than 40 who had formed this plot. These men went to the chief priests and elders and said, "We have bound ourselves under a solemn curse that we won't eat anything until we have killed Paul." So now you, along with the Sanhedrin, make a request to the commander that he bring him down to you as if you were going to investigate his case more thoroughly. However, before he gets near, we are ready to kill him. But the son of Paul's sister, hearing about their ambush, came and entered the barracks and reported it to Paul. Then Paul called one of the centurions and said, Take this young man to the commander because he has something to report to him. So he took him. Brought, brought him to the commander and said, The prisoner Paul called me and asked me to bring this young man to you because he has something to tell you. Then the commander took him by the hand, led him aside, and inquired privately, What is it that you have to report to me? The Jews, he said, have agreed to ask you to bring Paul down to the Sanhedrin tomorrow as though they are going to hold a somewhat more careful inquiry about him. Don't let them persuade you because there are more than 40 of them arranging to kill him. Uh, men who have bound themselves under a curse not to eat or drink until they kill him. Now they are ready, waiting for a commitment from you. So the commander dismissed the young man and instructed him, Don't tell anyone that you have informed me about this. He summoned two of his centurions and said, Get 200 soldiers ready with 70 cavalry and 200 spearmen to go to Caesarea at 9 tonight. Also, Provide mounts so they can put Paul on them and bring him safely to Felix, the governor. He wrote a letter of this kind, Claudius Lysias, to the most excellent governor, Felix, greetings. Uh, when this man has been seized by the Jews and was about to be killed by them, I arrived with my troops and rescued him because I learned that he was a Roman citizen. Wanting to know the charge they were accusing him of, I brought him down to the Sanhedrin. I found that the accusations were about disputed matters in their laws, and there was no charge that merited death or chains. When I was informed that there was a plot against the man, I sent him to you right away. I also ordered his accusers to state their case against him in your presence. Therefore the soldiers took Paul during the night and brought him to Antipatris as they were ordered. The next day they returned to the barracks, allowing the cavalry to go on with him. Uh, when these men entered Caesarea and delivered the letter to the governor, they also prevented Paul, uh, presented Paul to them. Uh, after he read it, he asked what province he was from. So when he learned he was from Cilicia, he said, I will give you a hearing whenever your accusers get here too. And he ordered that he be kept under guard in Herod's palace. 
responding to injustice. How do, how do we respond when we are being treated unjustly? Well, the first thing I want you to see is that we need to speak honestly. We need to speak honestly. Now, Paul talks about the fact that he has a clear conscience. Now, he probably said some other things as well. But he, he says, look, my conscience is clear. I've done nothing wrong. Uh, I have lived for God the way that I believe that God wants me to live. And the high priest, who was a very corrupt man that ended up eventually being killed himself due to his corruption, uh, actually commanded that he be struck in the mouth. Can you imagine that? And then Paul says, look, God is going to strike you, you whitewashed wall. And, uh, and you know, Paul was just telling him what was going to take place. And matter of fact, that did take place. Later on, he was put to death, uh, as Paul predicted. Uh, but one of the Jews uh, says, look, you're talking to the high priest. And so he, he, he toned it back. But, but he responded honestly to uh, the re- inquiry that he was going through. There's nothing wrong with being honest about where you are, especially when you're being accused falsely. Uh, we, as Christians, need to have a good witness, don't we? And Paul uh, is defending himself. Uh, there was a girl uh, this past week that I heard about. Uh, saw on the news, um, and her name is Kendra Turner. Uh, she was actually uh, saying bless you to somebody that sneezed in school uh, and got in trouble for it and suspended uh, for a time, had in-school suspension for saying bless you because they thought it was a statement associated with God. That's religious persecution happening right here in the United States of America. But she spoke honestly. She told them... She said, I have a constitutional right of free speech. And, and, you know, there's nothing wrong. And I also have a freedom of religion. She spoke up about it. She, she defended herself and gave a reason for why uh, she was going through that. Now, of course, we need to be respectful uh, with people when we, when we uh, share with them and speak honestly with them. But there's nothing wrong with saying the truth in, in situations where you're being falsely accused. So speak honestly. Even Jesus said, you know, he was silent before the, the, um, the, the crowd that was accusing him. But Jesus even was honest with Pilate. And when Pilate questioned him, he responded to him. Uh, and then when the high priest finally says, I adjure you, I put you under oath. Uh, are you the Christ? Tell us now. Uh, he says, yes, I am. That's who I am. And so Jesus openly spoke about who he was. Now, Jesus was willing to be open. So recognize that, yes, there, there is a time to keep your mouth shut, <laughs> and there's a time to speak. But let the Holy Spirit lead you uh, in those times when you are treated unjustly and ask God to speak through you in that situation so that you can have a godly witness, but speak honestly uh, about where you are and about the situation uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, you, be, you be bold. Uh, some of the martyrs who were put to death for their faith would actually witness as they stood there being condemned to death uh, for preaching the name of Christ or, or sharing Christ with other people. Uh, and they would, they would actually say, listen, uh, your judgment of, of me can only end in death, but uh, God's judgment of you is for eternity. And they would confront 
the actual people who were getting ready to put them to death, and they would witness to them and tell them of their need for Christ. There's nothing wrong with a bold declaration of the truth. I think we could use a little bit more of that in our day and time in America. People, people have, have gotten to where they're afraid to say anything. We need to speak up and speak for the truth of God's Word. The only hope for our country is for children of God to speak up for Jesus Christ and to share the message of the gospel. So speak honestly uh, when you're treated unjustly. Also, act rightly. Act rightly. Now, Paul rebukes this high priest. Didn't know he was a high priest. It was probably an informal meeting uh, where, they, where they just gathered together, and he was not in his normal outfit. Uh, but Paul rebukes him, and when they tell him he's the high priest, he says, Oh, I, I wasn't aware he was the high priest and I, and, you know, because the Bible says don't do this. And so Paul was trying to obey God's truth even when he was being treated unjustly. He had a heart for that. Um, we need to do what's right even when people are unjust to us. We need to, to, to continue to do what's right. Uh, God has given us a commission to, to follow him. To, to do what he has called us to do. Uh, to live in a way that honors our Savior and doesn't reproach the name of Christ. There was a, a, one martyr that was told, you can either deny Jesus or you can be put to death. And he said, Jesus has done me no wrong. I won't do him any wrong. Uh, here I stand. I, I'm not going to, to do this. Um, this, this. This man, this pastor named Pastor Edward over in uh, Iran uh, had a ministry of training young people how to sew so they could make clothes. And um, there was a young Muslim girl in, in, his, in his group that kept asking him for a Bible. And he was nervous because he knew her family was Muslim and so forth, but she kept asking and kept asking. Finally, he got a Bible for her and gave it to her, uh, and she took it home. Well, uh, the next day, her father and brother came to the place where they'd been gathering and doing the, the sewing class, and they shut it down, and everybody had to go home, and they took him out, and they beat the living tar out of him. Uh, then um, he, he managed to escape, uh, and, and uh, the next day, he was coming back to try to, to uh, continue his ministry. They found him again. They beat him again. He ended up having to flee for his life. But he did the right thing, even though it was a dangerous situation for him. He gave that girl a Bible. Now, I don't know if she became a Christian. I don't know what, how that story ended. But I do know this. Jesus Christ was pleased with him. He was obedient to Christ in the middle of difficulty. Sometimes it's, it's easier to follow Jesus when there's no pressure. But when the pressure's on, I, I just believe that we as God's people need to do the right thing in the workplace. We need to do what's right. And when people are pressuring us to compromise our conviction, when people are pressuring us to go out and participate in a sinful activity, we need to, to be willing to respectfully say, no, uh, no, thank you, I, I can't do that. Uh, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, and, and he has asked me not to do that. Um, we need to stand for Jesus Christ. And do what's right. We need to do what's right when it's not popular. We need to do what's right when it, when it costs us something. 
David one time said, I will not offer a sacrifice that costs me nothing. You know, there's a lot of people today in the church in America that I think want exactly that. They want a religion that costs them nothing. They want to be comforted. They want to feel good maybe on Sunday morning, but they don't want to pay any kind of price of commitment to Jesus Christ. They don't want to take any kind of heat for Jesus Christ. Listen, none of us want that. None of us would choose that. But the fact is, God calls us to be obedient despite the difficulty there may be. And so we need to do what's right. We need to act rightly uh, when those times of injustice take place. When you're falsely accused, you need to treat people with love. You say, well, uh, Pastor, how do I do that? I, it makes everybody angry when you're falsely accused. It? I mean, you, you, hey, that's not true. But when, when somebody does this wrong, that's, that's our cue to ask the Lord Jesus Christ to live through us. To ask the Holy Spirit of God to live through us. And show love to that person through us. Because we can't do it in our own strength. But that's what God calls us to do. Jesus said, bless those that curse you. Pray for those who despitefully use you and persecute you. Uh, you will be the children uh, of your Father in heaven who blesses those uh, who don't deserve blessing. You see, we, we never look more like Jesus than when we love our enemies. So do what's right even when you are treated unjustly. So how do you respond to injustice? Speak honestly, act rightly. Thirdly, respond wisely. Respond wisely. Verse 6, Paul cries out to the Sanhedrin brothers, I am a Pharisee, a son of the Pharisees. I am being judged because of the hope of the resurrection of the dead. I think Paul is doing two things in making this statement. The Bible says he re- once he realized some of them were Pharisees and some of them were Sadducees, he used to be in this group, you know. And, and he knows what the debate is. He knows how they respond when these certain issues are brought up. Do you have a hot-button issue in your family that nobody, everybody knows? Don't bring that up. <laughs> that, that's kind of what was going on here. And Paul knew that there would be a debate that would happen if he brought this up. But I think he was also calling their attention to the fact that the very thing that they hoped for had come about when Jesus Christ rose from the dead. And that they could be experiencing the blessings of what Jesus had done themselves if they put their trust in him. So, but he's acting wisely. He, he recognizes what's going on in the situation, and he makes a smart decision as to what to do about it. This is how I can keep them from being unified against me. I'll bring up this issue, and they'll be divided against each other. Matter of fact, the argument got so violent, they had to, again, remove Paul to protect him. Um, we need to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. That's what Jesus said. Nothing wrong with using a little wisdom. And nothing wrong for praying for wisdom when you're in a situation like this. I, I imagine Paul did. Uh, he probably prayed silently as he's going to the Sanhedrin. Lord, help me to witness to these people. Lord, speak through me. Uh, Lord, give me wisdom in this situation. Um, because I'm not real sure what to do. And so he gets in the middle of the situation, 
And he, he recognized, the Bible doesn't tell us how he recognizes it. Maybe some of them were talking in the background, and he overheard them saying, saying well, yeah, you guys are Sadducees, we're Pharisees, and, and we do it this way. Uh, I don't know how he knew, but somehow in that circumstance, he found out about this, and so he brings it up, and God has given him a tool uh, to, to protect him in the circumstance. Uh, ask God for wisdom. The Bible says he'll give it as you ask him in faith. Um, so uh, ask God for wisdom. When, when the Holy Spirit brings something to mind, uh, share that and, and respond wisely in the circumstances that you face. Um, you remember when Solomon had the two women bring the baby to him? And, and the, one ba- the one mother had rolled over on her child in the, in the night and had suffocated the child to death. And so she stole the baby from the other woman who was still asleep and said, this is my baby, and, and put the dead baby over there by her. And the next morning, they were having a dispute over who was the, the baby's mom. And so they, they come before Solomon, and, and God gave Solomon some wisdom. And Solomon looks at it and says, okay, cut the baby in half and give a half to each of them. Well, the, the, the one that was the real mother said, no, 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 just give the baby to her. But the other woman said, yeah, go ahead and cut him in half. If I'm not getting him, nobody's getting him. And so Solomon realized who the true mother was. She was the one that said, hey, you keep the baby. I don't want the baby hurt. And he gave the baby to the right mother because God granted him wisdom. God can grant you wisdom in the circumstances of your life. Ask him for that wisdom and then follow that wisdom as he leads you. So responding to injustice, first of all, speak honestly. Secondly, act rightly. Thirdly, respond wisely. And fourthly, trust fully. Trust fully. Look at verse 11. The following night the Lord stood by him and said, Have courage, for as you have testified about me in Jerusalem, so you must also testify in Rome. God spoke to his heart. Have you ever been going through a trial, a difficulty in your life? Maybe you open God's word, and as you're reading God's word, this verse just leaps off the page, and you know the Holy Spirit touches your heart. You know it's for you, and God gives you a word. Or maybe he just gives you a sense of peace in your heart through the Holy Spirit that things are going to be okay, and he assures you, you can trust in the word of God. He's faithful. Uh, trust him fully in those times. Uh, also, trust, it, trust him in, his circum, in the circumstances. Uh, look at this. Uh, verse 16. The son of Paul's sister, hearing about their ambush, came and entered the barracks and reported it to Paul. What are the odds that Paul's nephew would overhear the death plot that they had? And yet that's exactly what happened. Can, can I tell you, God is sovereign over our circumstances. It just so happened Paul's nephew was there. It just so happened they let him come in to see Paul. It just so happened the centurion was willing to take him to the commander. It just so happened that the commander was willing to call Paul, discuss it with him, and make plans to send Paul to another city. Do you see how God, through the circumstances of their lives, 
even used unbelieving Roman officials to protect Paul. Our God is sovereign. You can trust him fully. He's in control of the circumstances of your life. You say, well, what about Pastor Saeed? He's in solitary confinement in Iran. Yes, he's in control. And I don't know what the purpose is, but I know that God is in control and that God has a purpose. We can trust him fully. (coughs) Jesus, in the Garden of Gethsemane, was struggling greatly, sweating great sweat drops of blood. And he said, Father, if it be your will, let not this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. Jesus put his trust in the Father. And when he did, this peace settled over his heart. And he was able to face the trial that he had to face with complete peace. Uh, Stephen was preaching in the book of Acts, godly deacon. Preaching to the group of the Jews and, and, and trying to reach them for the gospel and confronting their sin, they, they grit, grinded their teeth at him and they, they were angry at what he said. They took stones and they began to stone him to death. It was an injustice uh, because God had called Stephen to share. And he was just telling them the truth. But Stephen, the Bible says, his face shone like an angel. I think he just had kind of a glow of God's presence in his face and his countenance. Because he had God's peace in the middle of the trial. You can trust God fully. The awesome thing about... The awesome thing about being a child of God is that no matter what you face, God is with you. He sustains you and provides strength for you. If they persecute you, he lays up treasure in heaven. If they put you to death, you get a crown and you get to be promoted early to glory. As a child of God, we can't lose. God has given us victory. I'm convinced that neither height nor depth nor things present nor things to come nor any other thing could be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's what Romans 8 says. Uh, Paul was trusting in God in the middle of the circumstance. It seemed out of control. How do you have control when you're a prisoner in a prison cell? That had to feel helpless. Have you ever felt helpless in your life? Have you ever felt like circumstances were just out of your control and, and, and you had no ability to change them and you were powerless? Have you ever felt that feeling? That's, I believe, where Paul was. That God came to him at his point of need. And he said, listen, I told you you were going to testify about me in Jerusalem and that you were going to experience difficulty. But I'm going to tell you, you're going to testify for me in Rome. And so God came to him at the time of his brokenness and encouraged his heart and lifted him up in that time. And then God worked in the circumstances to bring about his purpose. Do you know God's purpose will ultimately stand? Not man's purpose. Ultimately, our our world rulers, national rulers, 
state rulers, local rulers, they don't make the ultimate say. God makes the ultimate say. His purpose will stand. The Bible says that God is faithful. He is faithful. Did you know that God is always there for his people? He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. He's faithful. He'll walk through you through the good times. He'll walk, walk with you through the bad times. He is there with you. Uh, he will encourage your heart in difficulty. He will work about circumstances for your good. <coughs> we had a we had a man in my last church who caused all kinds of trouble. He would offend people, and they would leave the church and and. One day during the week, he'd, he'd come, and he was, he was sitting there in our church, and his arms were crossed like this, and he leaned back and crossed his legs, and he nodded his head like this, and he said, I'll never leave this church. I guess he thought I was hoping he would. I'll never leave this church. I didn't say anything. But did you know, through a series of circumstances, Another lady who was causing trouble in the church, too, <laughs> got upset at him. And she went after the service. I'm not, I'm not advising this. I'm not saying this was right, but this is what she did. She went to this man after a business session, and she just chewed him up one side and down the other, spit him out, picked him back up, and chewed him up one side and down the other again. I mean, I had never seen anything quite like it in a church service. And you know what? He left. And looking back, you know, I, I thought everything was out of control. I didn't know what's going on here. You know, how am I going to deal with this? And uh, God was in control. He used the activities of a sinful woman to take care of the, of the problem of a sinful man. God is sovereign. He's in control. And, and no matter what we may face in our lives, you can trust him fully. Isn't it amazing? If you read through the book of Acts, the amazing persecution that took place, and yet the gospel kept spreading. Do you know that's still happening today? China, the gospel just exploding there. They, they're in a communist country. They're not supposed to believe in God, but... but it's, it's exploding. Why? The supernatural power of God. That's why. You can trust him fully. Africa. The gospel's exploding. And guess what? They probably won't tell you this on CNN. But one of the reasons they're persecuting Christians in Iraq is because they're having revival in Iraq. They're having revival in Iran. And I'm going to tell you something, that some of the darkest places of persecution and wickedness in this world, God's light is shining. There's nothing that can stop his power. There's nothing that can stop his purpose. He is sovereign. Trust him fully when you're treated unjustly. Trust him fully when you don't understand. Know that he is with you. 
and respond to the injustice of, of your life in the right way. How do you respond? Speak honestly. Act rightly. Respond wisely. And trust fully. As you do, God will use you to be a light. He will use you to bring people from darkness to light. One of my friends um, at the Crystal College was uh, doing street preaching one day. And this man came up and began to cursing loud. I mean, in the, just yelling at him, cursing at him while he was trying to preach. The crowd began to kind of disperse. It was getting kind of tense. You know, they weren't sure what was going to happen, but people were watching. But all of a sudden, at one moment, he stopped his cursing and he dropped to his knees in brokenness and gave his heart to Christ. Who would have thought that? I wouldn't have thought that. But one of my other friends had seen this take place. He was telling me about it one day. He said, it's the most remarkable thing I've ever seen. He went from one moment of cursing him, yelling profanity at him with all his, with all his might, trying to get him to shut up. And the next moment, he was on his knees. What, ha- what happened in his, in his life? I tell you, the power of God had gripped his heart, and he recognized his need for a Savior. That's the kind of God we serve. Trust him fully. When injustice takes place, our God is greater. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the fact that you are sovereign. Thank you that you're in control when life seems out of control. Thank you that you provide us the strength and the grace that we need. Help us to speak honestly and to act rightly and to respond wisely. And Father, especially help us to trust you fully because you are our rock. And Father, if there's somebody here today that doesn't know you, I pray that each one would respond by surrendering their heart to you today and putting their trust in Jesus Christ. Help them to receive the gift of eternal life. And Father, for those of us who are believers, I pray that you will help us live for you. Even in times of injustice, help us hold fast to you. Help us hold fast to the truth of your promise.